Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. We are the Titans, my friends. Bah, bah, bah. And we'll keep escaping to the end. We are the Titans. We are the Titans. No time for losers, cause we are the Titans. Dun, dun. Of Theros. <laughs> wow. We literally walked into the other room like, all right, guys, who's got a song for Uro? Titan, Titan, Titans. Lady Danger goes, we are the Titans. And we're like, no, that's is that a song? Champions. Goes, yeah. <laughs> like, wait, we'll roll with it. it and works. that we did. What's up, everybody? You are watching slash listening to the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. We are here with the second Game Nights Deck Tech. Um... Well, I guess we should say, first of all, if you haven't seen the new Game Nights... It's out. It's out. It came there. out about a week ago now, so you should probably go watch it. We'll try not to spoil the episode, but we probably will reference it, so we may give away a few little things. Probably just safest to go watch that episode, then come back to this. You did see my Euro deck if you watched the episode already. I gotta say, it performed pretty well. Like, it looked oh, cool. Yeah. Did Green a lot Blue of stuff. Add its thing again. Yeah, so um, it's gonna be a fun one, but before we get into everything... If you want to build an Uro Titan of Nature's Wrath deck, well, you're going to need the card Uro Titan of Nature's Wrath. <laughs> and it comes in Theros Beyond Death, the new set, which is out now. And if you're going to order any of that stuff, whether it's Uro, some of the gods from the set, maybe the demigods, Dalakos like Jimmy played, mm -hmm. any of the cool stuff, there's a lot of powerful cards, you should use our affiliate link, which is cardkingdom.com slash command zone. You know, you're going to buy all this stuff anyway. We're all magic players. We're building decks all the time. We want the new cards to slot into our decks. You're going to do that. If you just use the affiliate link, when you do, you really are just simultaneously as free added value thrown in, supporting game nights, command zone, all of our content. It really does Returns, keep... Returns, all yep. the good stuff. It keeps the lights on around here. We really appreciate everybody that does that. You know, there was a comment in the last Game Nights episode where someone said that they had bought some singles from Car Kingdom, and they're like, I live in Germany, and I thought they were exaggerating when they said fast shipping, and it got here in a week, even with the slowest shipping option. And that is across the world to another country. So yeah, they also have incredibly fast shipping. Another 
way you can support the show is via Ultra Pro products. Now, Ultra Pro supplies amazing playmats to us every single time we film something like Game Nights, and they do it for every single brand new set. So Theros Beyond Death has some of the most fantastic art that we've seen in a while. The constellations on all the gods are so super cool. I don't know if you saw the animation that we made for uh, Thassa. Yeah, now you can have that on a playmat. You can also buy the sleeves and the deck box and fully outfit your crim based deck if you decide to do so. And Ultra Pro Products is the way to do that. You can pick that up at cardkingdom.com slash commandzone at your local gaming store or a big box retailer. All right, and the final way to support all of our content is directly if you go to patreon.com slash commandzone. Our patrons get all kinds of perks. Uh, They can talk to Jimmy and I on Discord. They get to see game nights earlier than the general public so yeah. they're they're in the know before everybody else is uh it, it really does just again support all of our content and one of the other perks they get is we shout out one lucky patron every single episode and this episode is dedicated to leland nunez leland you rock you do all right let's get into the euro deck tech um all right, I guess we'll just, just we should just read the card again. If you haven't seen the new game nights, probably want to pause this video, go watch it, and come back because we'll try not to ruin anything, but we may reference that episode. We definitely will. Okay, so Uro Titan of Nature's Nature's Wrath is one a green and a blue, so three mana total for a six six mm-hmm. legendary creature, Elder Giant. This is a mythic rare. It says when Uro enters the battlefield, sacrifice it unless it escaped. So. The first time you cast it, it will not have escaped. So you're going to sacrifice it the first time you cast it basically every time. It also says when Uro enters the battlefield or attacks, you gain three life, draw a card, then you may put a land from your hand onto the battlefield. So it's kind of a growth spiral with yeah. some with some life gain tacked on there. Has some chew lane aspects to it as well. It's got a lot of value though, that's for sure. And then it has Escape, which is a new mechanic from Theros Beyond Death. We've talked about it recently a lot on the show. The Escape cost is green, green, blue, blue, and exile five other cards from your graveyard. And then you may cast this card from your graveyard for its Escape cost. So if you have five other cards you can exile from your graveyard, you can replay Uro. And you actually are casting the card Mm -hmm. from your graveyard onto the battlefield for green, green, blue, blue. Yeah, so it becomes a four mana 6-6 with five other cards out of your graveyard. I remember that first ability says if it enters the battlefield, sacrifice it unless it escaped. So if you paid the escape cost, you now get to keep the 6-6. You're not sacrificing it. So that's kind of how you get Uro to stick on the board as a 6-6, which is not super important for the deck, honestly, but it can be a nice side effect to have a 6-6 laying around. Well, being able to recast your commander as well without having to pay the commander tax, because if you did recast Uro from your command zone, that's 5 mana. And in this case, it's 4 mana from your graveyard, and it does stick around, so it is a big beater. And if you are able to attack with it a bunch, then you also get the abilities on it, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, and that's actually a really important thing about the escape mechanic is that there's no commander tax tied to that. So if it were to die again, go to the graveyard, you're still just playing green, green, blue, blue to get it back out if, as long as you have the cards to exile from your graveyard. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of one of the goals to the deck is to get to the point where you're casting Uro without paying commander tax out of your graveyard and getting that ETB trigger over and over again. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about the escape mechanic. You wrote down here that it is difficult to evaluate at first glance, and it is true. There are a lot of cards in Theris Beyond Death that do say escape on them, and they have alternate costs. Some of them are way more. Some of them are just a little bit more. Uh, what makes it hard to evaluate for you? Well, I think when we all saw this mechanic, just especially for Uro and Kroxa, who were the sort of the two mm-hmm. legendary creatures that had it, um, I think your natural... In- inclination is like i have to sacrifice the creature the first time i play it and that doesn't sound like a great idea because right and then i have to let it sit in the graveyard and jump through some other hoops before i can play it we're used to these cards 
only sort of that like play out of your graveyard thing working once like you have to exile it afterwards you create a token copy of it exile it but the fact Mm -hmm. that because it can escape again and then escape again and then escape again is i think really the abusable part of the mechanic yeah the card itself when it escapes it doesn't in like a lot of times when you recast something from your graveyard magic will say you know you need to exile this card if it leaves the battlefield it would die uh in this case the escape card just goes back in the only thing you really need to do is be able to fill up your graveyard again so it is really repeatable if you have the engine to help it out yeah because it's it's interesting i chose last like we let everybody choose their decks Mm -hmm. Uh, their commanders to build and Uro was still there and I was like it seems pretty I think it'll be good and then I, I grabbed <laughs> yeah. it but I wasn't sure yeah but it's funny that like you know it went through everybody and, and nobody was sure like I think because of the escape mechanics just you look at it and you read it and you're just not sure how that's going to work until you see it in play and if you watch game nights it's great <laughs> yeah there are a lot of ways around it when you have the history of magic cards to use yeah. at your disposal um, because the escape mechanic is something that you can respond to or the sorry yes. the first line of text when when whenever something says when that enters the battlefield if you played arena or if you played mtgo a little thing will pop up and like this trigger has happened which gives everyone priority to do something about it so there are ways to get around this and make it even better than it seems all right so let's talk about the strategy for the deck that i built and there's basically three points to the strategy so one is find tricky ways around that self-sacrifice trigger Mm -hmm. number two is abuse the escape mechanic itself and number three is generate extra value with the triggered ability so draw a card drop a land gain three life so that's kind of where every card falls it's uh, not every card in the deck obviously but that those were the main points I i thought like these are the three things that i really want this deck to do so let's talk about the first thing, which is escape the escape. Ooh, very clever. Yeah. I like it. So how do you get around this escape trigger? And there are basically three main ways in the deck to do it. Because like Jimmy said, you play Uro from your command zone, and the trigger, two triggers actually go on the stack. Mm-hmm. So you basically can say, first thing I'm going to do is gain three life, draw a card, then put a land from my hand onto the battlefield. You do that, and then it's saying, hey, I have to sacrifice this creature because it did not escape. And you say, okay, well, with that on the stack, I can do stuff now. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, you can even do it with the both the abilities on the stack. That's true. Because they're still going to happen. But yeah, the nice thing is that you have a lot of chances to respond here. And one ch- one way that was showcased very heavily on Game Nights, it's a card that we've talked about quite a bit, um, is Crystal Shard, which is... On its face, one of those cards I think commander players can look at and go, yeah, this is actually really powerful. Um, because the you know it's one of those cards in Magic's history where people originally looking at it might go, oh, you're, this, is, this is supposed to be against my opponents, but it's oftentimes cards are much better used when they're for yourself. So it's a three-mana artifact. You can pay three and tap it, or just a blue mana and tap it, and return target creature to its owner's hand unless its controller pays one. So, obviously, you can target your own stuff with this and decline to pay one, and boom. For that, it's a one-mana tap bounce on an artifact that you can use the turn it comes into play. So, overall, extremely useful card, and sometimes even in a pinch, as we saw again in the Game Nights episode, you can use it against your opponents if they are tapped out. Yeah, it's definitely like a threat they have to think about. Do they leave mana untapped? You know, if you've got a six-mana creature that you paid mana to get out there, you don't really want them to just bounce it for one for mana. For one mana, yeah. Yeah, so it, it, it plays both sides pretty well. There's two more cards that also can bounce uh, Uro back to your hand. This basically means you bounce it back to your hand, you just get the card draw, three life, put a land into play. For three or four mana, essentially, with Crystal Shard, right? Yeah. Um, Team or Sabretooth is another one, and Erratic Portal. They both basically do the same thing. Uh, Team or Sabretooth says you may return another creature you control to its owner's hands for one in a green. If you do, Team or Sabretooth gains indestructible until end of turn. Uh 
Amazing card. Unrepeatable, too. So you could conceivably, if you had a ton of mana, play or bounce it, play or bounce it, play or bounce it. Right. And every time you're doing that, drawing a card, gaining life, putting lands into play, which is feeding it even more. One of the goals of the deck, and you'll notice if you look at the deck list, has like 40, 41 lands, is just to lean into the land thing a lot and to really, you know, one of the things we talk about on the show all the time is how one of the best indicators of whether you're going to win a game of Commander is do you have more lands in play than the opponents? Right, and it's really, really good to be able to activate Teamer Sabretooth and play Earl more than once in a single turn because there's just so much value. And not to mention, you know, like, you know, you'll get off to a huge advantage, but you also are gaining three life every single time you do this. So you're giving yourself a buffer. So Uro has this ability to really just stick around the battlefield. And again, Teamer Sabretooth, you can use it infinitely times because you're never tapping it, which is kind of scary now I think about. Crystal Shard, you do have to tap. Okay, so the other thing I said here was that, so you play Uro, the triggers go on the stack, and responding to the escape is like, you don't just have to bounce Uro to take advantage of it. You've got a 6-6 six, six on the battlefield just for that second. It's mm-hmm. about to, You're about to sacrifice it. But again, as we saw in Game Nights, you can respond to that trigger and do some other things, uh, not just bouncing it. So the first one that we did see on the on the episode, uh, even though it wasn't my Selvala in the deck, it was, <laughs> it, it was a copied uh, from Ashland's deck. But Selvala, Heart of the Wilds, works really good here. One green green for a 2-3. It's a legendary creature. It says, whenever another creature enters the battlefield, its controller may draw a card if its power is greater than each other creature's power. Really great with Uro because it is a 6-6 that you're casting and is entering the battlefield. Now, you have to sacrifice it, but you still get to draw that extra card. And because it's so cheap, because you're going to sacrifice it, Mm -hmm. it's almost always the biggest thing on the board at that point. So now you're adding draw a card to its already draw a card trigger. But even better, Silvala says, pay a green and tap her, and you add X mana in any combination of colors to your mana pool, where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. So, Oof. yeah, all of a sudden, and and we again, we saw this on game nights. If you have Silvala out and you play Uro, you can actually hit that land drop with the Uro trigger. Use that, that land. Yeah, because the land from Uro doesn't come into play tapped. And so that can be your green source that, that you then tap for Selvala to add six mana of any color to your mana pool. And now all of a sudden, that escape doesn't look so bad, right? Yeah. Drew you two cards, gained you three life, put a land into play, and then you got six more mana. You could even recast Uro if you decide to put him in the command zone if it is the first yep. time you're playing him. So the math works out really, really well there. Um, and Selvala obviously is a, com- a competitive EDH deck for good reason. The ability to just add that much mana is very important. And when you're doing so, again, Uro is sticking around just for a hot second. Uh, It's really important, by the way, when you're reading cards to see if they say the words when you cast this card or when it enters the battlefield, because the enter the battlefield part is much more significant uh, for cards like Savala. Uh, Another card that's actually a new card from Theros Beyond Death is the Elysian Caryatid. It's one in the green for a 1-1 plant, and you can tap it to add one mana of any color. However, if you control a creature with power four or greater, add two mana of any one color instead. So, again, Uro hits the battlefield, triggers hit the stack. You can tap the Elysian carry at it. It sees a 6-6 on the battlefield, so this is going to add you two mana. Just good value. It's a great way to make use of a lot of two mana sort of mana dorks. In this case, this one comes with a lot of upside and will get you a bunch of mana thanks to Uro being such a big guy. I love the play pattern with the carry added because you played on two. On three, you play Uro and tap the carry added and you pl- hit that extra land drop and you got three more mana. So you right. just played Uro for free that turn, gained the life through the card. That's just a really great, like, those just line up really well because it's a two drop into a three drop. Yeah. 
Uh, and the last one, probably the all-star of the entire Game Nights episode. <laughs> uh, we've been talking about this card for a long time, so it was nice to finally show off what it could do. And, yeah, I'm glad. And we both did. Uh, Mirage Mirror, three mana for an artifact, but it says pay two, Mirage Mirror becomes a copy of target artifact, creature, enchantment, or land until end of turn. So obviously, Mirage Mirror is just an amazing card, and if you're not playing it in a decent percentage of your decks, you probably should be. There's a lot of decks that'll be improved by having a Mirage Mirror in them. Especially if you're mono red or mono white <laughs> or a combination of those two colors. I mean, we showed some cool things you can do with stacking the triggers, turning it into multiple things. Mm-hmm. Um, in in the episode, able to copy Crystal Shard, have two shards sometimes. This were in a meta now, there's going to be a lot of gods running around. You want to copy an enchantment, get your own Xenagos or whatever. This can mm-hmm. do that. But specifically with the the Titans, with Uro, and this will work for Kroxa too, because I think a, a part of the card that kind of gets forgotten is it says whenever Uro enters the battlefield or attacks, mm. gain three life, draw a card, then put a land from your hand on the battlefield. So what you can do with Mirage Mirror is cast Uro, triggers on the stack, before you sack it, turn the Mirage Mirror into an Uro. Now, legendary rule kick in, you sacrifice the actual Uro because you're going to do that anyway. Yep. And now your Mirage Mirror is sitting there. It's already been out on the battlefield and it can attack. And now you get that trigger. And that's just a way to get another card draw, gain three life, put another land into play. Yeah. And Mirage Mirror can even copy the land that Uro puts down, right? Like there are so many different ways that you can activate Mirage Mirror because every single time Uro has a trigger, you're able to respond to it before uh, it actually goes off. So there is a lot of play patterns here. But yeah, because it's an artifact, you can play it early with any mana. You cast Uro, you're going to have another Uro that doesn't have summoning sickness and boom, you're going to get double triggers off it. And that is enough in the early game because Uro is a th- like a three mana commander that you're really off to the races probably before other decks really have a chance to set up. Yeah, you you do this right. I mean, you're often sitting there with like eight lands in play when everybody else has four. Yeah. Just because of the way this snowballs because the extra lands allow you to do the same thing again next turn because, hey, you need two extra to play Uro. Well, one Mirage Mirror, one Elysian Carry added, that gave you the extra mana to do that again next turn. And then you drop more lands into play and all of a sudden you do that again next turn. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it can snowball. That's why, again, a lot of lands in the deck is important because you always want to be dropping that extra land with Uro. Missing it really sucks. All right, let's talk about the next category, which is planning the escape. This is like a heist movie now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So a big thing about escape is you do need those five other cards in your graveyard in addition to being able to pay the mana. The mana cost is low. It's four mana for a 6-6 with a sweet ability. Mm -hmm. So it's really, you know, the hurdle they said in place was like, hey, but you have to exile five cards from your graveyard also. That's not a low cost, by the way. Five cards out of your graveyard will add up. I mean, doing that three times, that's 15 cards. That's, you know, a fifth of your deck. It's going to be hard to actually keep your graveyard filled that often. Yeah, so you really need cards that that's what they're doing. They're there to mill yourself. And another card that made a big showing in Game Nights. Yes. And one of our favorites is Altar of Dementia, a two-mana artifact. You can sacrifice a creature and target player, puts a number of cards equal to the sacrificed creature's power from the top of their library into their graveyard. So again, because Uro is hitting the battlefield, it's not an on-cast trigger, he will be seen by a card like Altar of Dementia, and it's going to be sacrificed anyway if it didn't escape. So you can then point this at the altar, drop it on, boom, six cards off the top of your library into your graveyard, and that is more than enough to recast him with his escape trigger. Yeah, now Uro's kind of self-contained. It's milling the cards you need to play it out of your graveyard. So then even if you escape it back out, you can even sack it again, escape it back out, sack it again, escape it back out, as long as you've got the four mana, because you don't Mm -hmm. have to worry about the cards in your graveyard anymore. So that was one of the main plans of the deck was 
you know, I wanted to conservatively cast Uro maybe like seven, eight times in a game because think of the amount of advantage that is. Seven, eight more cards, 24 more life, seven, eight more lands in the battlefield. Um, so Alter of Dementia, I think, as if you watch Game Nights, you saw one of the best cards in the deck. Yep. Uh, another one that got played in the episode but didn't maybe shine as much is sort of a, a poor man's version of Alter. Like, you want redundancy in your deck. Alter's the best one, but... If you can't find that, this will work. It's Hedron Crab. It's one blue for an O2. It has landfall, though. When a land enters the battlefield under your control, target player puts the top three cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. So, obviously, once per turn you're going to play a land, hopefully that's going to mill yourself for three. But Uro also, with the trigger, puts a land into play. So now all of a sudden you can get six cards per turn into your graveyard from your library. So that is another way to fuel that escape. And Hedron Crab comes out early. People will not want to use removal on it. No. Ever. Um, (laughs) Ever. (laughs) Next up, Greater Good. This is typically seen as one of the most powerful enchantments, and a lot of combo decks are based off it, but this works extremely well with Uro. It's two green and a green for an enchantment. You can sacrifice a creature to draw cards equal to the sacrificed creature's power, then choose and discard three cards. So... Obviously, you're going to want to sacrifice a creature with more than three power. How about six? So draw six, discard three for basically free once this enchantment is out is why this card is just so good in a lot of different combo-based decks. It's going to get all the cards you need into the graveyard and also going to draw you into more answers, more lands, into more whatever you need to do to keep Uro going. And one of the great things about this deck is like you don't mind if you're above seven cards and have to discard because you're fueling the escape mechanic. So yeah. a lot of times you're going to play Uro, discard to greater good early in the game, have nine cards at the end of the turn, discard two cards and now have five cards in there. Woo. And that's that's exactly where you want to be. So yeah, that's uh, pretty cool. Again, casting Uro without commander tax, quote unquote, because of the escape is a big plan for the deck. All right. All right. Lots more to talk about. But first, let's hear a quick message from our sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. 
And we're back. Let's continue the discussion. Now let's move to the final point, which is abusing the trigger. Oh, I thought it was going to be abuse the escape. <laughs> so the trigger we're talking about here is that uh, battlefield or attack from Uro, ETB or attack, gain three life, draw a card, then put a land onto the battlefield. So there's a bunch of ways in the deck. This is where the deck kind of gets a little bit of the pieces from what we would normally consider like a landfall deck, mm -hmm. things like that. So you're basically saying, hey, I'm going to put a lot of extra lands out because of the ability. How do I take advantage of that? And also, I'm going to be casting Uro over and over again. How do I take advantage of that? Yeah, you want to kind of just get spiraling out of control as soon as possible. And Lotus Cobra is a great way to do that. Uh, one in the green for a creature, Snake with Landfall. It's a 2-1. And it just says, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So again, this works great with things like Fetch Lands or Evolving Wilds because you use, you crack that land. And when that new land comes into play, even if it's tapped, you're going to get an extra mana off it. But in Uro's case, you're going to get up to two mana, maybe even more, uh, because those lands don't come into play tapped. Yeah, Lotus Cobra can just spiral out of control so fast. Yeah, you can put out four or five extra lands per turn, and that's just so much mana. It reminds me of Hedron Crab, where you know you read Landfall and you go, oh, we're only playing one land a turn. How bad could it get? Well, thanks to Commander giving you access to so many cards, it can get pretty bad pretty fast. All right, the next one is Kiora Behemoth Beckoner. This is the Kiora from War of the Spark. Two and a hybrid, either green or blue, for a seven loyalty Planeswalker. Has a static ability. Whenever a creature with power four or greater enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. Hey. And then has a negative one ability, which is, it's it's useful. It's very good. It's negative one is untap target permanent. Like a crystal shard. Yeah. Or just a land. Yeah. So it's ramp and card draw and with Uro works very good because Cure is kind of balanced around the fact that four or more power creatures cost a certain amount of mana, not Uro. Yeah. Well, also, Cure coming in with seven loyalty means that's hard to remove even through combat by your opponents. Yep. And you're going to be drawing even more cards. So anytime you can double up anything that Uro is doing, you are in a great, great spot. Um, another way to do so, and one, again, that was showcased on the episode, a card that I think just belongs in pretty much every green deck I am ever. putting it in like, yeah, basically every deck I'm like, this doesn't have this, I need it. It's it, it should read Commander Project, but it's actually called Guardian Project. Three in a green for an enchantment. Whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, if it doesn't have the same name as another creature you control or a creature card in your graveyard, draw a card. Well, that plays very well with this format uh, and limited, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, because every single card you play, unless it is a persistent partitioners yeah, or, or uh, Shadowborn <laughs> Apostles, will be drawing you cards off the Guardian Project. With no other extra mana needed or anything, yeah. this is such a huge card draw engine because it's often drawing you two, three, you know, plus cards later in the game per turn. We'll just stack the words draw card onto every creature you have in the deck. It seems pretty good for four mana. And again, there are turns with this deck where you will cast Uro three, four, t five times in the same turn. And each time, Uro is triggering Guardian Project. Oof. Uh, Tireless Tracker is another one. It's two and a green for a three, two. But whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, investigate, which means you create a two, two clue artifact token, which you can pay to sack that artifact and draw a card. Tireless Tracker also gets plus one, plus one counter every time you sacrifice a clue. This is just another way to sort of save up card draw off of Uro because of the landfall triggers. Yeah, we love our landfall triggers in this deck. All right, next up, Tatiova, Benthic Druid. Same idea, three green and a blue for a 3-3. Three, three. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life and you draw a card. So I think the life gain is actually not to be messed with. Yeah. Um, you really can gain a lot of life off this kind of deck. And when every player realizes how much value you're getting, they're going to point their creatures at you. But when it's turn three or four they're not going to really have significant threats to put against you. So you're going to gain, what, like nine life, lose five? 
Seems pretty good to me. Another way to gain life and draw cards is Alhamaret's Archive, five mana artifact. If you would gain life, you gain twice that much life instead. Oof. And if you would draw a card, accept the first one you draw in each of your draw steps, draw two cards instead. So it just makes, doubles up Uro's ability, Jeez. except you don't get to drop two lands in play. That thing really but. juices up the deck, huh? Yeah, it's a very, and again, this is a deck that will have a lot of mana available to it because most of the game plan is putting extra lands into play. Yeah, and once that happens, it's not like you don't have the card draw to deal with it as well. You have a lot of cards in your hand and a lot of options to go for from there, which is great. So you've abused the trigger, and now we're going to build a board and try and win the game in some way. And there's a bunch of ways also with Landfall to do that. Yep. Uh, Landfall just happens to be the most important keyword of this deck tech. And the Rampaging Bayloths, again, watch the episode. Pretty awesome what happens here. To six mana, six, six with Trample. And landfall, whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may create a 4-4 green beast creature token. Boom. You can use these creatures, by the way, to sacrifice to greater good. Yep. You can sacrifice them to Altar of Dementia. You can also just beat face with them. And when you're you know, putting two, three, maybe even four of them into the battlefield every single turn, that adds up fast. That will kill players out of nowhere. Yeah, Altar of Dementia, definitely an alternate win con in the deck because you can get enough tokens to mill people out. Yeah. A couple more ways to do that that both create two twos is Zendikar's Royal and Field of the Dead. Zendikar's Royal is an enchantment. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you make a two two. Uh, elemental creature token field of the dead is a land that enters the battlefield tapped and taps for colorless mana but whenever field of the dead or another land enters the battlefield under your control if you control seven or more lands with different names you create a 2-2 black zombie so every these are basically similar cards uh field of the dead has a little extra text but it's not hard to get there mm -hmm. so every time you play a land you're making two twos basically yeah i'm actually a big fan of field of the dead yeah. i think this might be one of the most powerful lands to have entered the format in a very long time again many many decks probably just put it in because even if you're not doing landfall shenanigans just a card that says for this doesn't cost mana to cast it's basically like what i just compared to zendikar's royal that's a three green green for an enchantment yeah but feel of the dead is just a land drop and it creates a two two every time you play a land after a certain point in the game yeah it's very very good and the, every anytime you see a card get, get get banned out of like standard uh or pioneer or other formats pay attention to it yeah there's a reason it got banned it's probably good yeah uh last but not least is a card that again saw some nice play on the show it's royal elemental it's a pretty expensive card but the ability is nuts three blue 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 for a three two flying elemental Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may gain control of target creature for as long as you control Royal Elemental. Normally, this is steal one card a turn. How about three? How about four? How about so much that everyone is forced to deal with this and everyone has to use spells on Royal Elemental. Everyone has to deal with the creatures coming in because of Royal Elemental. Uro basically fuels all of this. And a lot of synergy with Greater Goods and the Altar of Dementia. Even Crystal Shard, worst case scenario, right. they're about to kill your Royal Elemental. Well, I'll bounce it back to your hand. Or bounce my own Royal Elemental yeah. back, right? So there's just a lot of cool synergy there. Um, okay, so that's sort of the main part of the deck, the main chunk of what it's trying to do. And then I wanted to talk about what I was calling side synergy here. So in general, we talk to people about having their decks be very focused. And we don't like to go too many steps removed from what that plan is. But I do like to put on some stuff that's like, this stuff works with what that the main plan is already doing. Mm -hmm. And because the main plan of this deck involves so much self-bounce, bouncing of your own stuff back to your hand, I did include a few cards that basically want to be bounced back to your hand. So that if the Uro plan's not going or, or you need some sort of toolboxy things, 
reusable removal type spells or whatever, you have access to that kind of thing. So uh, Torrential Gear Hulk is one that's all out of play uh, in game nights. It's four blue-blue for a 5-6 with flash, but when it enters the battlefield, you may cast target instant card from your graveyard without paying its mana cost, and then you exile the instant after uh, you cast it. Again, because of Crystal Shard, Team or Saber Tooth, Erratic Portal, and this is just a good card, right? Like mm-hmm. Torrential Gearhook, just a good card. And and all these cards are just good cards, whereas if, even if you don't have the self-bounce, you're not embarrassed, they're going to do what they're supposed to do. But if you do have the self-bounce, now you're in threatening to like bounce it back to your hand, replay it, bounce it back to your hand, replay it. The deck will have a ton of mana out, and finding ways to use that mana is one of the things you're trying to do. And just the fact that, hey, I play tor- two Torrential Gearhooks in a turn is very doable, Makes it really good. Yeah, and Snapcaster Mage is sort of the the yeah. more I guess efficient version of Torrential Gear Hulk, but it's you know very hard to get these days. So Torrential Gear Hulk does a great imitation of that, um, and just a very powerful card that lets you cast the spell for free. Yep, that's pretty sweet. Um, another card that actually has a very similar ability on it to is the uh, sort of escape it unless it's sacrificed is Mold Drifter. It's four in the blue for a 2-2 with flying, and when it enters the battlefield, you draw two cards. However, you can also pay just two in a blue to evoke it, and you may cast this spell for its evoke cost. If you do, it's sacrificed when it enters the battlefield. So that, again, is a trigger that's going to happen when the Mold Drifter hits the battlefield, which means that you can respond to it in the same way with the Erratic Portal, Team or Sabretooths, and all that of the world to get this ability over and over and over again. Yep. The other two are Reclamation Sage and Venser Shaper Savant. Rex Sage destroys an artifact or enchantment on its ETB, and Venzer on its ETB, target spell or permanent. So you bounce counter a spell, or you bounce a thing. Uh, Including lands. And Venzer's great to bounce back to your hand, because then you just hold it again. You don't, you know, mm-hmm. and they all know you have it, and they're like, crap, every time I cast a spell now, he might bounce it. Yeah, it's actually interesting, because it's not a counter spell, uh, but it can disrupt as much, if not more, than a counter spell can, because it is repeatable in this type of deck. And the nice thing about being in green and blue, you just have access to great value cards overall. Um, yeah, these are just good cards, so you're just, you don't have to have the synergy going for them to be good, right? Yeah, you can literally play the cards that we just talked about in any deck that plays green or blue and not feel bad about it. Because they'll do something, they have a lot of text on them, and they're generally good value. And then, yeah, they get broken when you start playing them over and over again. Yeah. Um, and the final sort of side synergy card here that is, I think, a card that actually should see more play, it's Worldbreaker. Six and a green for a 5-7 Eldrazi, and it's got Devoid, so this card has no color, but doesn't really matter here. When you cast Worldbreaker, exile target artifact enchantment or land. It also has Reach, and then you can pay two and a colorless mana to sacrifice a land, return Worldbreaker from your graveyard to your hand. So this kind of has everything on it text-wise. You can mill it to your graveyard, and then you have lands like uh, Field of the Dead to be able to tap for that colorless mana to return it to your hand. You don't really care to sacrifice lands because you're playing so many of them. And more importantly, this is a cast trigger. Uh, it's going to happen when you cast it, and it's going to exile stuff, which is really, really important, including lands. Yeah. Worldbreaker, good for a lot of reasons, and I wanted to, as our last point here, talk about the fact that, you know, I'm sort of a big believer in trying to anticipate what's going to happen as new sets come out. So when War of the Spark came out, we told you all, hey, Planeswalkers are going to be popular for a yes. little while here. Here's a bunch of cards you might think about playing Maybe not forever in Commander, but at least for the next six months or so, because what is everybody going to do? They're going to put a bunch of Planeswalkers in their deck because they have them now, and we saw that that was true. So now we're in Theros, and what does Theros have? 
gods. Enchantments that are just difficult to kill. Indestructible. Yeah, you want exile. You want to be able to exile an enchantment because people are onto it. They're not letting the devotion get to the point where they're creatures and so your swords to plowshares might not be able to kill it. Mm -hmm. And so Worldbreaker is a really good card in this deck and a lot of decks right now specifically because we're moving into this Theros meta for at least a little while here. And so I also put a couple more cards in the deck just nodding to that. Not silver bullet cards are like, hey, because in game nights, the way that it works is we know what uh, commanders everybody else chose and what they're building. And so I don't want to put like hose all artifact cards in the deck because I know Jimmy's playing an artifact right. deck or a, uh, you know, something that hoses all graveyards just because I know there's a graveyard deck. But I, I do want to be able to handle like an indestructible enchantment on a one for one basis. That seems fair. Yeah. So if you look at the deck list, you'll see that everyone has at least one way to get rid of that indestructible god type thing. Right, so Worldbreaker fits that role, and there's a couple more cards that I kind of nodded in that direction. Uh, one is Copy Enchantment, which is just a good card again. It's two and a blue for an enchantment. As it comes into play, what do you think it would do? It copies an enchantment. <laughs> uh, and so this is a way to get one of the gods yourself and use it for a lot cheaper probably than they paid for it. Yeah, Mirror Maid is another uh, card that recently came out that does the same thing, so I think Wizards is kind of onto it as well. Mirage um, Mirror can play this role too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fade into Antiquity, two and a green. It's a sorcery, and it just says Exile Target Artifact or Enchantment. Um, and this is when it, you need to do more than just destroy something. Yep. Exiling stuff is one of the only ways to get rid of the gods in this set. Uh, exiling is one of the only ways to get rid of the other gods that have popped up in like Amonkhet and stuff. So the word exile is much, much better than destroy. So just be wary of that. I mean, obviously, everyone's going to be cracking pre-release packs. They're going to be cracking draft packs. They're going to be playing standard. They're going to have access to some of these new cards. And like we've shown on our set reviews, they are pretty powerful. Yeah. And if you can't get rid of something like a Perforos, the new one, if it hits the battlefield in you a couple of turns, yeah, you might be in big trouble. There might be a Blightsteel Colossus headed your way real soon. Another card that you need to have an exile effect for, by the way. Uh, and another card I wanted to mention, I didn't put it in my deck, but somebody on our Discord was like, hey, you maybe should should have thought about this instead of... Um, Fade into Antiquity, which is Deglamour, right. and it actually tucks. It's it's an instant for one in a green, and it tucks uh, rather than oh. exiles, which will work against the gods and stuff. So that's another Might even card be to think about. Better than, yeah. than uh, if it's the commander because there just are put it back things the where I'd zone. rather exile it. Just be like you can't tutor for it or find it again. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I can see the the argument for like hey, but it gets rid of it right now at instant speed for cheaper. So something to consider. Um, and then the one more category stuff to add to the deck. And spoiler alert! Big spoiler alert! Big spoiler alert! If you have not watched the new episode of Game Nights, just stop the video right now. We already did the deck tech. You can come back for the end step if you want to. <laughs> but go watch Game Nights because we're going to spoil the ending here. Um, you, you turn it off, right? Okay. I hate spoiling things. If you haven't watched the last Game Nights... Bruce Willis is not dead. <laughs> the way he is. Dang it. I messed it up. Shoot. Um, not the actor, the character. All right, all right, all right. So some things like now that have played the deck a little bit and obviously like first drafts of a deck always need a little bit of tweaking something that you know maybe we would add to this deck is i think obviously something to prevent mill getting milled out mm -hmm. since you are going to self-mill so much i think i'd be in favor of like a kozilek something of that you'll be able to cast it maybe and yeah you're gonna have enough mana yeah the old school kozilek or ulamog that when they hit the graveyard you shuffle your graveyard and it into your library mm -hmm. so you can basically never be milled I think that would be, it's one slot in the deck and would totally be worth it because you are going to be in danger of milling yourself out. Yeah, especially if you get going too fast and let's say you just draw all your value engines but not enough of the end the game cards. 
then you're going to find yourself getting lower and lower and lower, and that is not where you want to be. Yeah. Um, it probably has a little bit too much card draw. So we mentioned Tatiova, Almost Archive, Tyler's Tracker. There's probably a little bit too much of that, and I probably would swap two or three of those out for more cards that actually do stuff. Or close the game out. Yeah. yeah. Um, you could probably, I think, obviously add Lab Maniac, Jace, Wield of Mysteries, Thassa's Oracle. Not really my thing, so I wouldn't add those cards because I don't, I don't like winning that way, but undoubtedly this is the type of the, of deck that would make good use of them because again your ability to mill yourself out is going to be pretty high you're also in protean hulk colors right 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 yep, yep. you could do that too they flash, the flash them out hulk. yeah let's okay. get it done then everybody really wouldn't like you yeah no kidding but you'll win the game very quickly <laughs> so congrats you know and one thing i wanted to say before we move on to the next section is i actually built this deck purposefully with no tutors in it Oh, right. There is land fetching, but there's nothing that go gets any other card type. Well, you are drawing a lot anyway in this deck, so it, it almost, I mean, it is overkill, right? Yeah, and it's one, it's something I like to do with my decks from time to time. Not all my decks, obviously, I yeah. do this. Just kind of to try and keep the power level in check, keep it in the seven to eight range, because this is the type of deck that, you know, you could put food chain and all mm -hmm. the other cards we mentioned and really go crazy with it. And, uh, you know, that's just not the way we like to play. Well, you get to vary up your play experience a little bit. Who knows what you're going to draw this time every single time you play Euro. Yeah, exactly. Know, 80 times. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's the deck. Love to hear what you think about it. In fact, to the listeners, what do you think about the Euro deck? Would you opt to build it in a different fashion? Or are there some cards that you think are must-includes that, um, you know, I didn't have on my list? You know, this actually reminds me of Derevi a little bit. Yeah. Because it's a card that you can always cast for a certain amount of mana, and it has an effect that you can kind of build around. This is, I think, a bit stronger, um, unless you want to go the full stacks route, but... Yeah, I think Derevi Sacks is very strong, but if you don't play into that, this lands in extra lands in play is just very, very powerful. Yeah, that's something that uh, is definitely green superpower. Well, if you want to get a hold of Uro or any of the cards that we talked about today, just go on over to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. That's where you're going to be able to order all the Theros Beyond stuff. You can pick up any of the gods, any of the titans. You can pick up all kinds of sealed products, bundles, whatever it is that you want. Card Kingdom has it, and they're going to get it to you super fast. And don't forget Ultra Pro, another great sponsor of the show. Every single time a new set comes out, Theros Beyond Death, they've got tons of stuff to go along with it. Not to mention, you know, the art has just been getting better and better and better uh, as magic grows and grows and i love the saga art i love all of the cool little things that we've seen and ultra pro definitely knows about it as well and they're going to be including them on their products from their play mats their sleeves their deck boxes as well as the alternate arts that are now come along with each set so again i uh, i love having this play mat in front of me every single time we podcast it makes me feel great it's perforos that is the most you Oh, it's, it's amazing. That's the most you play mad I can think of. Because that's how you want to feel. You want to yeah. feel like you're in the stars. <laughs> you're just that powerful, even though you're playing mono red. Uh, so make sure you check out Ultra Pro Pro. You can pick it up at cardkingdom.com slash command zone or at your LGS. Yeah, and Uro at the moment is not cheap. So you definitely want to protect it with some good sleeves. Yes. Uh, Ultra Pro Well, actually, he's only three that. mana. What are you talking about? It's very cheap. <laughs> the pre-order price is like $30. Oh, no, my god! I would wait for it to come down because that's predicated on it being good in standard. Yeah. Which, who knows? I mean, it's a good card, but I don't, you know. Lots of good cards have done nothing in standard. One of my favorite yeah. things to do, though, is figure out which card that people haven't got their eye on in standard and pick it up oh. before it goes up. Oh. It's a fun game. Okay. Uh, all right, now it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. Have you seen this one? Heck, yes, I've seen this. So Might be my favorite movie of last year. It's a really good movie. So we're in award season right now. They just announced the Oscar nominations. SAG Awards just happened. Yep. So did the Golden Globes. So this movie is nominated in Best Foreign Film and also nominated as Best Picture, which means Ooh. it's almost guaranteed to win Best Foreign Film. That's generally how that goes down. It's called Parasite. It's a Korean movie. 
It is, how would you describe it? It is a movie of, jeez. It's hard, right? It, it's a movie, of, it's an incredibly tense and well-directed movie. The guy that directed it also directed The Host yep. and Snowpiercer. Uh, he's a really well-known, famous Korean director. I'd say it's a movie about two families at very different ends of the financial spectrum and how they are parasitic to each other in nature. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people think this is going to be like a horror movie or something because nah. of the name and there's it's not there's some suspense and you it's know a thriller if anything yes exactly it's definitely not a horror movie it's super well done the characterization is great acting is amazing Acting's it's, amazing it's also funny and yep. weird and dark and, and all sorts of things yeah so it, it is in korean so you got to read the subtitles but what was the director said i think on the golden globes if you can get past that one inch barrier then yeah. <laughs> your life will be opened up to a lot of great foreign movies yeah uh, and this is definitely definitely worth checking out I, I enjoyed it a lot yeah it's one of those movies that had me no kidding on the edge of my seat the whole yeah. time and uh i saw it i want to see it more than once so i'm hoping that a theater is going to show it again because of the academy nominations you know a movie's good when they're doing this sort of setup character stuff and you're interested when it's like right right you're like oh the dialogue's just good it's just snappy like you know i'm interested and really they haven't even kicked into what the plot of the movie is yet yeah it's weird too because you find yourself rooting for all sorts of different characters throughout and the movie. stuff that you're like oh i don't know if it's if i'm a good person for rooting for yeah that. <laughs> yeah that's great i mean it's kind of like when you watch game of thrones and you're yeah. like i like little finger i don't know <laughs> yeah, exactly it's kind of ha- parasite has this, some of those moments where you're just like oh i feel a little gross for doing this but this is great it's really drawing me in Yeah, so it's called Parasite. Definitely highly recommend. All right, big thanks to our editing, graphics, and logistics team here at the Command Zone House. We have Lady Danger, Craig Blanchett, Ashlyn Rose, Alfred Destaca, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Sam Waldo, and, of course, newcomer Manson Long, who is probably editing this episode. Thanks, Manson. Thanks, Manson. Yeah, and special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, who does the window animations behind us, including all the animations that start and end each episode of this show. Jeffrey Palmer, you can find him uh, on Twitter at LivingCardsMTG. He's actually uh, been posting some videos oh, of right. the window animations that he's done, like full-on view of those without Jimmy and I in the shot, which kind of looks like this. <laughs> well, my, yeah, yeah, it definitely looks uh, just like that. Not exactly like that, but, yeah. you know, similar. That was bobbling in and out of the shot. <laughs> all right. <laughs> if you want to see all his work, definitely at LivingCardsMTG on Twitter. Yep, it's a good place to look for it. All right, thanks so much for watching, everybody. We shall see you next time. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) (laughs) Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. 
answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.